This is Hello, You Darling Girl, a podcast for loving yourself, healing yourself, finding yourself, and celebrating yourself. Let's see what we can learn to love, heal, and celebrate today. You ready? Let's talk. Hello, my darling girl. Welcome to today's episode, and thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shadara Gibson. I'm going to go ahead and give a domestic violence trigger warning to this episode. And this week, I want to talk a little bit about, well, actually a lot about the theory of suppressed or repressed trauma being stored in the body and how this is thought to happen and the belief that practices that help bring you back into the body can help rebalance your nervous system after trauma. And I'm going to try to connect this with some things that happened to me. And sometimes when I start talking, I have it connected in my head, but I, you know, I, I skip over some of that with my words. So I hope I can do it justice today. But I'm going to start by telling you about a black and white drawing that I saw going around on social media a while back. And it's of a girl sitting on the ground among some flowers, and she's removing her shirt and facing away from you. And her back is covered in band-aids. And the caption to the photo was something about God putting your pieces back together or something like that. But I immediately associated it with something else. When my son's father would start to get angry and he'd be yelling at me, I would get a really dry mouth and I would need water. And it was like I had sand in my mouth and I was desperate for water. So I would always end up at the kitchen sink getting a drink with my back to him almost every time. And I now know that that needing water, it was my body's response of being terrified And I knew what was going to happen. And after he reached a certain level, I knew there was no stopping it. And I had to just ride this out. And I felt like I had no control over it. So here I am at the kitchen sink, my back to this man who's a whole foot taller than me, 200 plus pounds, who had all of his angry energy focused on my back and yelling at the top of his lungs in a rage. I I couldn't reverse. And I stayed with my back to him because I knew if I turned around, he would hit my face. So I let my back take all he had to give me for as long as I could. Now, fast forward to after I got out of that relationship. Every time I heard someone yell, my back would physically hurt for years. And this was what that black and white photo represented for me. For years, this is how a loud voice affected me. Even if it was not from someone angry, they could have been yelling across the street to say bye to a friend, and it sent pain from my hips all the way to the top of my head. And eight years later, I decided to go to massage therapy school. And during that time, I was exposed to a lot of healing therapies. Not to mention, I got a massage every week in class. (laughs) It was pretty rad, I'm not going to lie. And I never quite noticed when I stopped feeling this in my back whenever I heard someone yell. But at some point during that time, it did stop affecting me. Now, if someone yells at me, that's a whole other story. But hearing a loud voice or yell stopped giving me that pain in my back. Interesting, though, when I'm sick, my whole back hurts. And I like to be touched or rubbed on my back when I don't feel well. Or even when I'm sad, my back just aches. And I think that may also be some wound comforting, you know, and that's where I feel the most vulnerable. So that's where I need the most love. Now, let's jump ahead to when my last husband was having an affair and I didn't know it. I started experiencing some pretty severe anxiety attacks. 
And the doctors never quite gave me a reason why, but I had believed it to be a hormone imbalance because my menstrual cycle had stopped. And after coming off birth control, everything seemed better. But I also was on anxiety medicine at that time until well after my divorce was final. So lately, I've started to question that I'm still not sure if that wasn't just me reacting to some shift in my relationship that I hadn't consciously detected yet. And being this far removed from it now, I do randomly recall some things he did or said that made me feel some kind of way. And I'd been ignoring it then. But after all this time, I can look back and think, yeah, I remember this happening and how I felt when he did this or when he said that. And even told me when he left, and this makes me cry sometimes when I think about it because I didn't know I was allowing myself to be treated this way, but he told me when he left, I'm so mean to you and it's only going to get worse, whatever that meant. And at the time I was like, what? You're not mean to me. And all he would say was, yes, I am. And then there was his mom telling me she didn't like how he spoke to me when they were around, which is normally when you're the nicest, right? When your parents are there. So evidently, I was ignoring a lot of behaviors toward me, and I'm wondering if my subconscious was just picking up on it before I did. Because along with that, I was also having nightmares. My ex-husband was a pilot, and he was away days at a time. But every time he was home toward the end of our relationship, before I had the slightest clue my brand new marriage was ending, when he was home lying in bed next to me, And only when he was home lying in bed next to me, I had dreams that he was being cruel to me or disrespecting me to other women. And sometimes that I was lost someplace and couldn't find him. And weirdly enough, and if anyone out there knows how to interpret dreams, I would be happy for you to do this for me. But I had a reoccurring dream that I couldn't remember his phone number to call him to help me or either, you know, I was in trouble and I couldn't figure out how to use the phone. I would be trying to put his number in and it just wasn't working. It's so weird, but there it is. I would wake up crying or screaming, and would the asshole comfort me? (laughs) No. (laughs) He made fun of me and fussed because I scared him or woke him up, and all I needed was for him to hold me, right? Tell me I was okay. It was just a dream or something, but no. Anyway, let's move on to the anxiety attacks. During each one, I would start to get a tingle in my face, either my lip, my nose, my eye, but it would spread across my face and then my heart would start to flutter and then all hell would break loose. I would go heavy in my arms and legs and had trouble even lifting them. And they felt like they were boulders. I remember the first time it happened, I was trying to walk upstairs and I couldn't lift my leg to go up the steps. Apparently, during a severe attack, your blood rushes to your vital organs for that fight or flight protection, and it leaves your limbs like dead weight. It's a great time, trust me. (laughs) Then I would get faint, like I would pass out, but I wouldn't. However, I would just burn. Not like I was hot, but like I was burning, like on fire. I would burn in a continuous way from my toes to my head over and over. And my doctor said that was one of the rare symptoms, but guess who had it? This girl. (laughs) Now, after the attacks passed, I would shake uncontrollably, teeth chattering, like uncontrollable shaking. I felt so cold. I had zero control over this trembling. Now, my first episode of this is what sent me to the emergency room for 14 hours, which I spoke about in the high maintenance episode when he didn't stop by to check on me on the way home. Yeah, it was real scary. So let's talk about some of that. So You remember in cartoons when Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny would get scared and they would violently shake? 
that is coined shaking like a leaf. And it's the body's reaction to a frightening situation that shaking or trembling, which comes from the limbic brain, that's the part of your brain that holds your emotions. And it sends a signal that the danger has passed and that fight or flight system can turn off. It's a release of that traumatic experience from the body. It's discharging that energy. Have you ever seen a dog shake when something happens they don't like? (laughs) Same thing. Dogs, ducks, they're like, okay, that's over. Let's get rid of this. And they shake it off. My dog does it every time the groomer brings her back in the house. It, they release that trauma and their system goes back to normal. And I even read that animals can often die if they're unable to shake off that trauma. Isn't that crazy? They can literally die if they're, if they're not able to somehow shake that off. Now, when this happens to us, we can't always shake it off. And it's believed when this happens, it has a physical and emotional reaction in the body of the person experiencing the trauma. And it's like I heard on a podcast once, and I don't remember who I was listening to, but they said, for example, a caveman, when they were in danger, they were in danger all the time. But let's say that a caveman came across a dinosaur and he was chased all the way back to the cave. And he doesn't just like walk into the cave after ditching this dinosaur and sit down all calm, <laughs> lay a log on the fire and eat a berry, right? He jumps and he yells and he screams and he looks at his friends and he shakes his club in the air, you know, like, did you see what I did? Oh my God, that was close. You know, that kind of thing. And in this podcast, they talked about how we needed to give ourselves some physical signal that the threat or the stress was over. And they used the example like, You're driving home in treacherous weather and you had to white knuckle it for like an hour and people are sliding in the ditch every few feet in front of you and you're just so worked up. You're wound up tight and then you pull into your garage and you walk in your front door like normal and go about your evening. And they gave an example of doing something physical to release this energy, like maybe yelling woo when you turned off the car or jumping up and down a few times saying something like, I made it home, I made it home, I made it home. And that's supposed to help. You're discharging that energy that you've bound up inside of you for that whole hour. And I do this sometimes because of that podcast episode. And you know what? I do feel better. And I wish I could remember who I was listening to, but I'm constantly listening to podcasts. So it's untelling which one or even what guests that they had on. So traumas aren't always a violent attack or a life-threatening incident. It can, you can have that built-up stress, like I said, from driving home an hour in treacherous weather. And those small traumas, those micro traumas, they can add up over a period of years and feel like a big trauma. And according to the Mayo Clinic, these traumas can commonly manifest themselves into the body in ways like headaches, muscle tension, fatigue, a change in your sex drive. It can cause IBS, upset stomach, trouble sleeping and nightmares. And it can show up in your mood too, like anxiety, restlessness, a lack of motivation or focus. It can feel like overwhelm or just irritability or anger. And then there's sadness and depression. And if unchecked and unmanaged, it can even lead to health problems like high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. And sometimes they get buried in the body as self-preservation mechanism. James Gordon, James S. Gordon, I I want to say that correctly. He's an MD and the founder of the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. And he says everything that happens to us emotionally or physically happens to our bodies as well. As far 
as what I've seen as a body worker, my clients who have undergone surgery have muscles all around that surgical site that are tight and locked down. And they were fast asleep when the trauma occurred, but their body still tightened up in protection of itself. Holistic psychiatrist Ellen Vora believes that trauma can essentially get stuck in the body too, especially when it overwhelms cognition and overwhelms systems in the brain. And this belief is also shared by many body workers, energy healers, and traditional medicine, uh, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners. We see clients all the time who burst into tears during a massage or, you know, energy work, and they have no idea why they're crying. It happened to me. It also happened to myself and a friend while doing yoga at separate times. And sometimes this is why someone may burst into tears during sex also happened to me. And it's believed that this is releasing that stuck traumatic energy. And going back to that caveman example, Gordon believes that physical movement, touch, deep breathing, anything that brings you back into the body can be a component to healing from that trauma. He recommends in his book, it's called The Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma, that you do shaking or dancing. And he says the shaking he describes as you stand up, you put your feet shoulder width apart, and you just start shaking from your feet through your knees, your hips, chest, shoulders, and up through your head. And he said it sounds silly, but the effects can be actually dramatic. Some practitioners believe that the tension in the body may store some of the emotion and what could be happening during a massage or acupuncture and tension is relieved through that means that it may also be releasing some of the tension associated with that trauma. And many healers believe that combining these techniques techniques with trauma therapy with a therapist to be more effective. And I read from Psychology Today that they recommended things like mindfulness techniques. They're, they recommended the apps like Calm and Headspace, and there were a few others that I hadn't heard of before. They say doing these daily or even three times a day um, helps lower overall physiological arousal and to slowly shift to a calmer baseline. And the Mayo Clinic advises to get regular physical activity, um, practice relaxation techniques such as the deep breathing and the yoga and the meditation. They recommended Tai Chi and, of course, massage. That's my favorite. But along with that, the Mayo Clinic also says to keep a sense of humor, right? I laugh a hundred times a day. I have a posse of comedians in my friends group, either in person or online, that I can call on when I need a chuckle. And my brother is the absolute best. He's one of the funniest men I know. He's also a right asshole, but I love him and he makes me laugh a lot. So if you imagine when you laugh, you're also expelling energy, you're discharging energy. You know, it's coming from within the body and it's being released out. And the Mayo Clinic says to spend time with your friends and family, to set aside time for hobbies, like reading a book or listening to music. Now, does this all sound familiar to you? (laughs) It sounds like self-care, right? Which hopefully you're already doing these things since we talk about them all the time in these episodes. And if not, here's another sign for you to get on that. On top of all of this great advice, one I kept seeing was to get plenty of sleep eat a well-balanced diet, and avoid excessive alcohol and tobacco and the use of illegal substances. 
I also want to advise anyone um, to not try and release this if you don't think it's something you're ready to manage without a therapist. Let me be clear on that. When these things were coming up for me, I didn't have one. And these micro traumas that have built up can be manageable through the things we just talked about. But a big trauma that might bring up some deep stuff for you might be safer handled through a professional. And all this being said, I know a lot of us are living with energy from stress or trauma stored up in our bodies. If we don't love on ourselves and take care of ourselves, it can lead to health issues we didn't see coming. And I just want us all to be the healthiest and happiest that we possibly can. And a lot of the things recommended from the Mayo Clinic and from Psychology Today are already things we've talked about as critical in taking care of ourselves. So reach out to a therapist if you need one. Go dance. Go get a massage. Go shake it off. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Well, my darling girls, that's all I have to talk about today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to share your story or what has worked for you or your tips on how you thrive in self-love, or if there's a topic you would like for us to get into, send me an email at hellouyoudarlinggirl at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet done so, please go subscribe and review and share this podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy our conversation. Now, go and discover something new to love about you. And then go out and love on the rest of the world. See you next time.